John, can you hear me all right? There we go. What's going on? Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. All good. All right. So uh, appreciate you hopping on, man. I know we've, uh, we've oh, no worries. I've been looking forward to coming on. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a while. Um, let's start off with a little introduction. You know, uh, how uh, uh, obviously your sport is judo. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I know what it is, but I don't know what it's technically called or really anything beyond like what it is. So just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do and the sport of judo itself and yeah yeah i don't blame you because judo's like um it's not a well-known sport in america for sure i think you know you'd expect you know usa to be good at every sport but you know they, no. they you no. know, they're not exactly the best at uh <laughs> at judo and um, we've had some good we've had some good judoka in the past um you know i think 2012 was when we had our first olympic champion okay um kayla harrison who uh you know does mma now um she she won the olympics twice and then uh ronda rousey i think most people are aware of ronda rousey mm -hmm. you know she medaled at worlds i think she medaled at the olympics you know she was pretty good into in the ufc until you know she came up against someone who can you know yeah. punch and kick yeah, and so she, uh, she got her you know she, <laughs> she she never uh you know she went pretty far in the ufc without uh, having any boxing skill it was pretty impressive to be honest but so and judo itself is um, a Japanese martial art, which, you know, came from Japanese jiu-jitsu. Um, and then, you know, BJJ, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, came from judo. So it's, a, it's a, you know, an interesting transition of sports. But So judo is, you know, the aim of, of judo is to throw someone onto their back. Um, that's how you get a full point. That's how you win. Um, other ways to win is holding someone on their back um, without having your legs entangled. Um, you have to hold them on their back for about 20 seconds. Um, that's also considered an ippon, an ippon being a full point. Um, and then you can also armbar them for submission on the elbow, or you can choke them and get submission where they go unconscious. Okay. All right. So um, that's, that's pretty much it. Matches are about four minutes long. Okay. Um, and if there's no winner in the four minutes, then it's unlimited golden score. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So matches so, can be pretty long. Yeah. I, 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 I figured as such. So, um, and I'm actually, I guess, a lot more familiar with it than I originally thought because with MMA and everything, I I never realized how much those, the only sport that I ever put together with MMA or sports were boxing and wrestling. I never really, yes, I know mixed, mixed martial arts, but I never really thought to link in, you know, judo, BJJ, um, different types of karate and, and taekwondo and stuff like that. But um Let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about you. So um, how did you get into judo specifically? Um, so my dad, um, he. Sorry, 
my dad he did judo when he was uh when he was you know growing up i don't know when he went to university he started doing judo and he did karate as well and you know he used a black belt in both and you know when i was about three and a half years old um he was like all right it's time to start judo he mm-hmm. started being judo and karate um i preferred judo because um you know they played more games for the kids so you know mm-hmm. being uh three and a half years old and not being able to talk you know it, you know, it's like, well, hey, games, you know, games are going to be a playing games, you know, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, he started me off, you know, pretty young and he just sort of kept uh, me doing judo. Um, until, I'm 24 now. So, you know, yeah, 20 years. Now doing judo. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a long time. He, um, he did also start me doing wrestling um, at about the age of eight, seven or eight years old. Um, but that was more, he just took me to a summer camp in Illinois or Iowa. I think it was Iowa because, you know, my, fa- uh, my American side of my family is from Iowa, Illinois. So, okay. you know, he's like, all right, we're going to go visit family. And while we're here, you know, you might as well do this wrestling camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how, you know, he started me doing wrestling. And then, you know, I sort of did it on and off uh, wrestling for a while, just because judo has always been my main focus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually you don't do too many other sports if you're, you know, have one main focus. Yeah. Trust me. I, I know all about it. Um, then, uh, so wrestling is what you did in college. Yeah. Right. So, okay. um, yeah. So that's actually how I got into it. Um, so I went to the University of Chicago mm-hmm. um, and that's actually how I got in was originally I was on the waiting list and I emailed the wrestling uh, coach and I was like, hey, I can, uh, I can wrestle. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure thing. You're in. <laughs> um, and, you know, you know, so, you know, it was pretty nice to, you know, be able to go to, you know, like a school at University of Chicago because of wrestling. So, Absolutely. You know, so it was pretty useful to, you know, keep up my wrestling skills. And I did, you know, I was trying to sort of get, you know, recruited to, you know, like Harvard or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, you know, playing that game. I, you know, I went to Fargo, which is um, the high school nationals for freestyle and Greco. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I took seventh in uh, Greco and um, I got to the round of 12 in freestyle. So, you know, I did pretty well, but, you know, that wasn't enough for Harvard. And yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, I, we're not taking the yeah, risk here, but yeah, you know, division free yeah. U Chicago. They're like, yeah, sure thing. You're, you're mm-hmm. in buddy. I, I went, I went through the same thing with, uh, with football, trying to get to Harvard, uh, Yale, Columbia, all the Ivy leagues always, was a pain in the ass. I, I, I hated it, but, um, uh, we're not going to go down that road. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, um, you know, I, you know, sometimes I think, Oh, you know, I should have gone, you know, I had an, I had a, um, an offer for UPenn. It was just for academically. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I could have gone D1. I could have gone to UPenn. <laughs> just walked but, on, but you yeah, got to just walked on. There's, 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 on other, there's other aspects that, you know, that you got to take into account, especially when it comes to getting into college for any sport. Um, yeah you know, and where, and also where your just, worth is and stuff. And also, you know, the ma- um, since as a math major, um, you know, like the, the mathematics de- department at UChicago is very well known. So I was like, oh, you know, I got to gotta go to the best math <laughs> yeah. department in the country. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you're a bright-eyed, you know, 17, 18-year-old. You, know, like, you look at the ranking tables, like, oh, you see, you know, this university is, you know, like number three in the country. I got to yeah. go there. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. So uh, after college, uh, you're 24. You didn't graduate too long ago. Um, what's going on now with everything, with judo, with your life? Uh, 
what's that looking like right now? Um, so after graduating, I pretty much decided to, you know, just focus on judo um, running up to the 2020 Olympics. Okay. So I graduated June 2019 and I pretty much went immediately to a, you know, to an international training camp, you know, one week after graduating and then pretty much two weeks after that, you know, after graduating, I was, you know, competing in a Grand Prix and, you know, I started just going, you know, very regularly to Grand Prix, Grand Slams, um, European Opens, just to try and get as many points for the Olympic rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of got up to, you know, um, my highest ranked was uh, 60th, 60th in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so and for judo to qualify for the Olympics, you need to basically get into the top 20 in your weight class. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was a little bit away. Um, the judo qualification period is two years before the Games. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as I was starting to get, you know, a bit of, uh, you know, momentum going, you know, the, you know, I started winning. I started having, you know, very close matches with, um, you know, people in the top 20. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, you know, I'd, I'd be winning by penalties and then things would sort of start to screw up. And, you know, I'd, yeah. you know, against like top 20 players in the world. I was like, oh, you know, I'm so close to, you know, really breaking through. Yeah. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and, and uh, just fucked everything. It, it really, you know, I, you know, I'm not saying I would have qualified, but, you know, you know, it, you know, you know, it, know, it didn't do, know. it didn't do anything. It didn't yeah. do many favors. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. You know, it, it's unlikely I would have qualified, but, you know, it would have been nice to, you know, keep the momentum going. Yeah, to, to know it wasn't, it wasn't a global pandemic. That was a factor. Like you wouldn't yeah. want that as a factor. If you don't make yeah. it, you'd rather it be like, okay, I fell short of my own doings not not because of something i can't control yeah that that would have been you know better and also you know now with the olympics being 2021 it means the next cycle is going to be really you know it's no longer a four years olympic cycle it's a three-year olympic cycle and that's that puts a lot of time constraint on stuff that you know that that really you know you're gonna have you know you're gonna have to pretty much jump back on you know immediately trying to compete very regularly Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's uh, the way life is, but I'm doing, but, you know, luckily during the pandemic, I started doing a master's okay. um, in math again. So, you know, I, you know, at least I've been doing something, you know, for my brain. Yeah. Yeah. And, for sure. Uh, yeah. For sure. You know, I'm not just sat here, just, you know, staring at a, staring at a wall and lifting weights. <laughs> um, you know, I might've, you know, might've gone a little brain dead that way, but and also, you know, because judo doesn't pay well, it's sort of nice to have, you know, like, you know, at least I yeah, have some math, degrees. Math, you can, you can get something pretty cushy with a solid math degree. So especially a yeah, master's. Can, yeah. That's part of thing was like, well, I have to, I have the bachelor's, but you know, master's would be nice. Cause you know, since um, my work resume isn't that great. Cause you know, every summer I would just go do judo yeah. instead of getting any internship or anything. Cause yep. so there'd be, you know, like they look like, so it says here, yeah, you don't know, you, you can't really hold a job, can you? <laughs> like, no, I can't. I just, I just do judo. I just like fighting people. Is that so wrong? <laughs> it might look at me a little, a little funny. Yeah. No. Oh. So you know, the masters will help, you know, and down the line. Yeah, absolutely. But I absolutely. think after the masters finishes in 2022, yeah, 2022, I'll probably just again take another two years off just to focus on 2024. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd be about 27 there. That's pretty much um, where your peak peak is at. That would be that would be a peak between you know experience and physical capacity. Mm -hmm. 
um, because, you know, in judo, like, you know, it's, you know, you have to be an athlete, but experience is pretty important in fighting sports. And that's why you see like MMA fighters, you know, they'll last to very old ages, like surprisingly old ages. And, you know, boxers, even like Floyd Mayweather was so like four. He's, he's, he's fighting so, again on Sunday. So. Yeah. So like experiences, you know, surprisingly useful in fighting sports where, yeah. you know, you, you might not be the fastest, you might not be the strongest, but, you know, you, you have the technical, you know, ability and you, you've seen enough situations that you can react fast enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I imagine it's like football, you know, if you see, you know, a certain set of things going on, you're like, well, this is what I, you know, this is probably what I should do. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You know what to do. Yeah. Just the more, the more reps you get in respect to football, the more reps you get on certain plays and, and against certain looks, me being an offensive lineman, um, the better you are, you know, the more reactive you're going to be, the more quicker or more quicker, the quicker your reaction time is going to be and the better player you're going to be. And then that sets you up for more success in the future. So I definitely, I definitely see what you're getting at there. Um, let's see, uh, moving forward, um, regarding judo, do you have any upcoming competitions that you're going to be shooting towards any grand prix like you were talking about before anything like that? Yeah. Um, I got, I got the world championships next week. Okay. Um, so, wow. Okay. Um, that, that's something to look forward to. Uh, it'd be my first uh, senior world championships. Um, you know, I've, I've competed in the junior world championships, mm-hmm. um, about three yeah three times um with juniors being under 21 yep. um i was you know lined up to go to the you know under 18 world championships to cadet world championships back in the day but uh you know that was back when i was fighting for great britain and uh, they banned me so what can you do it, it wasn't in my control <laughs> I, I, I gotta i gotta ask how actually that's that's another thing i want to address is so you were born in London, correct? Yeah, born in London, raised in London, moved to you know Chicago for university for four so, years. So now you have, back so, in you, so you have dual citizenship, basically. Uh, triple citizenship. I'm also part Bulgarian. Oh, Jesus! All right. So, so does so, that um, is that what gives rich- you the clearance to be British, but also compete for Team USA? Yeah. So basically, I just have the American passport. Um, you know, American birth certificate because I was born an American and yeah, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, my dad's American, my mom's Bulgarian. And, you know, that's how you get the triple citizenship. All right. And good for you, man. Um, you know, originally I did compete for Great Britain back in, you know, under 17s, under 18s. But, uh, you know, you can, you know, we could say we had to, you know, deviation in paths. Creative you know, decided, you know, I decided and I didn't want to fight, you know, I did, I didn't, you know, like the system too much in Great Britain because, you know, you know, knowing I was going to go to university in America, mm-hmm. you know, and for Great Britain's very centralized system where, you know, they want you to come to these, you know, national training center uh, training camps and, you know, mm-hmm. they want you to, you know, they prefer you to live in the national center yeah. and knowing I'd be going away. Yeah. Just, you know, just I just said prefer to fight for yeah. USA. Yeah. I gotcha. I hear that. Well, in uh, USA, you know, they provide you a lot of freedom. Yeah. being american um not <laughs> yeah, we, not too not too much fun not too much fun, funding but you know more a lot of freedom 
So again, it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off for sure. It's a trade-off. But it, it like like you said, it pays off with with school, and uh, and and it definitely paid off for for you university-wise being able to get into U Chicago's math program, and and clearly it's 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 doing good things for you. I'm sorry, there's a fly in here. I'm, I record in my garage, and it is a thousand degrees in here. And it just drops to about 900 when I open the garage door. But when I leave the garage door open, just bugs, Florida, bug, Florida bugs are just all over the place. So it, it's brutal. So I apologize if I'm swatting oh, no, anything. Right. <laughs> but, um, let's uh, let's dive into training a little bit. So oh, yeah, just back to sorry, just back to the competition. Yeah, like I said, I had the world championships okay. next week. And um you know, that, that I haven't trained too much, obviously. I haven't done mm-hmm. judo since, you know, February of the 2020. Yeah. Um, so, you know, hopefully I can win a match there. But then after that, there's a bit of a break. Um, you know, I think that I'm pretty sure I can't qualify for the Olympics right now. Yeah. Um, I think there's a small chance of me being a training partner uh, for, the, uh, for the Olympics because the other person in my weight is actually qualified at the moment. Or uh, 2020? 2021, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So I might be a training partner. I might be there. I don't, I doubt it, but we'll, we'll see. It's got to stay. And then, then there's, you know, then competition start again, sort of September, October, and I'll okay. be sort of back on the circuit. Gotcha. Um, you know, doing my part-time masters on the side sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know, be some interesting competitions coming up. All right. I'll definitely, I'll definitely follow that. It'll be yeah. something else for me to watch, you know, something else for me to get into. Cause I've always, I was never huge into fighting sports just mainly because growing up, I really just wanted to do sports that, uh, that I was good at. Um, and I tried to wrestle, um, when I was really, really little. And then I tried to wrestle again in high school and it's just did not, did not go well. I didn't like it when somebody who I had 50 pounds of body weight on could get me into holds and I could just do nothing (laughs) about it. Um, just made me angry. So, uh, I had to veer away from those, but, um, judo definitely seems like something, I don't know how to follow it, but I will um, just cause. It, yeah. I'll, I'll make, I'll make a video or two saying how you can watch those stuff. And usually with like fighting sports, I don't find them that interesting to watch unless yeah. I'm like, I know the people or yeah. I'm like trying to study someone. Yep. Usually when you know the person, it becomes more interesting. Oh, Absolutely. So similar with all sports, you know, if, you, if you're yeah. emotionally invested in it, you know, it becomes a little more interesting when, you know, it's just sort exactly. of a tactical battle. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, back to training, what does your training look like? Like I, I obviously we met through TikTok and on TikTok, yeah. you're always doing some wild things with bags, <laughs> fl- throwing stuff around, lots of explosive movements um talk a little bit about that um so you know my training style especially like when you start going into sort of competition phases it starts to look a lot more you know conjugate style uh, in a way yeah um just because of the nature of judo where you need to have you know multiple qualities you know if you're just explosive and you have no conditioning you know you're you know, you're not really going to, you know, be able to do much, you know, in a yeah. four minute or, you know, match, you know, you, you know, you just try and do one throw and then you're exhausted, you know, because, you know, people can spin out of throws, 
Yeah. You know, you can put all your energy into a fro and then just spin out, land on their front or land on their feet. And you're just like, well, I just extend, extended all my energy. Yeah. Um, and then also there's, you know, elements of judo where you need to have like a lot of like holding power, a lot of, you know, if someone's trying to like break your posture and pull you down, mm-hmm. you know, you need to be able to resist that a lot. So a strong posterior chain, but, you know, just doing cleans is obviously that's going to, you know, transfer well, but, you know, it's quite explosive. You want to have like that sort of holding Mm-hmm. you know, power that's that lasting five to 10 seconds. So you something you'd get from a heavy deadlift. Yep. And a lot of so uh, that's why I'd, I'd assume you'd incorporate with that, taking that in mind, I assume you'd incorporate a lot of eccentric movements into your strength um, eccentric, training. Isometrics, um, you know, there's, you know, limits with, the, you know, the equipment I have and so on. Yeah. And yeah. also just, you know, you know, just sort of, you know, considerations like, or, you know, I could, you know, do some fancy, you know, slow eccentrics, but, you know, that's going to, you know, completely destroy my body. Yeah. You know, for training or for yeah, conditioning. And you gotta, I forget to take that into account. You're not like me where you're only lifting weights. You're, you have to be ready to fight and be able to move and eliminate that soreness. So there's a lot more factors that need to be taken into account. Yeah. So that, that's why conjugate training sort of becomes, you know, like, it's just sort of like if you aren't, you know, it's sort of what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously in the off season, like uh, once the pandemic hit and I just, you know, I was, you know, I just started playing around with a lot of stuff. And then I sort of just went into like a pure strength phase. Cause you know, I was like, well, you know, if I've, I'm not going to be competing for a while. I might as well just, you know, <laughs> increase my level of strength for, yep. you know, while I can. And, you know, then that sort of went into a power phase and that's when I started to like, well, I should probably learn the Olympic lifts. Mm-hmm. And so now like, you know, after worlds, I'll probably go into a pretty much a mo- mainly conjugate style, you know, working on the maximal strength, but also the power and yep. also conditioning where you have to sort of work, you know, the sort of the repeated power production, um, conditioning sort of, you know, anaerobic, a lactic sort of stuff, mm-hmm. because in judo, when you're doing those big throws, it's, you know, it's sort of like a similar energy system to it doing an Olympic lift. Yeah. Because Absolutely. you're, you know, you're, you're trying to go, you're, you're moving powerfully, um, and then you're probably going to try and do another, you know, you know, another big throw, uh, maybe 20 or 30 seconds later. Mm-hmm. So you need to have that ability to sort of reproduce power, but then you also need to have that sort of, you know, ability to like hold on for, you know, an extended period of time, especially when we're doing gripping, grip fighting and stuff. And when we're like trying to pull someone's sleeve in and so on, you know, we're going to have to, you know, you know, be able to, you know, have a strong, you know, isometric hold on people. Yep. So that's where it's like lactic retention uh, training mm-hmm. and just, you know, you know, hold, you know, just holding yourself in a, you know, at the top of a pull-up for an extended period of time, that sort of stuff becomes pretty yep. useful. And then, you know, for also conditioning, you know, like circuit training is, you know, it's pretty simple, but it's, you know, very effective. You just do yeah. a bunch of exercises in a row, 30 seconds each. Or, you know, if you're really fancy, you can try and get up to one minute each and, you know, you do that for five to 10 minutes in a row and then you rest for a couple minutes and repeat. Mm-hmm. And that sort of builds that, you know, just, you know, builds a huge base of uh, conditioning for fighting because, you know, fighting, you're, you know, you're going to be on the ground, you're going to be standing, you bent over. So just having a variety of exercises and, you know, cycling through those just is a pretty effective way to condition for judo. Yeah, for fighting sure. in general. For sure. It's uh it's it's effective with with really anything. That's how I get a lot of my conditioning yeah. in the off season. Um when I'm not I, obviously I'm a big guy. I I fucking hate running. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
the only reason I run is if I feel like I'm like losing any mental toughness. Yeah. It's like I need to get mentally tougher. So I'm going to go run because I know yeah. that's going to hurt. Exactly. Exactly. I, the only time I run is I'll do sprint intervals and incorporate that into my training. Obviously I'm not going to be doing that for a while, but uh, okay. then um, most of my, most of my conditioning, especially right now, I'm starting to incorporate to finish my workout since I can't, really do any cardio i just recently just over the past week i've been able to bike again which has been great Uh, but um majority of my cardio my cardiovascular health obviously over the past like five weeks not being able to do cardio has been on the decline so getting back into things i've incorporated a lot of different different circuit trainings just crazy supersets um high volume supersets all that all that types of all that types of stuff so um that's that's definitely very, very, very effective. I'm sure yours looks much different from mine. Um, I, I like to do a lot of body weight sort of stuff. Just yeah, it just makes it, it's just simple. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and absolutely. you know, and if you're fighting, you have to learn how to move your body. So you just, mm-hmm. um, sure. but you know, it becomes harder when you only have one knee. So <laughs> yeah, all all mine are coming from uh, you know uh, upper body type exercises, or yeah. I'll get on the bike. We have a, there's a fan bike at my gym, which is phenomenal because I'm at a commercial gym and I have all these different resources for me. Uh, I really struck out with that, but uh, I'll use a fan bike. I'll put my bad leg on a peg and then I'll just go ham on my right leg because I've been doing a lot of research regarding uh, training my healthy leg and how that will help get me healthier faster. Um, So I'll just do all sorts of different body weight shit with that. And then I'll incorporate... um, like super high volume bench press, super high volume. Uh, I can do RDLs just fine. Um, anything that doesn't bend my leg, bend my knee too much, obviously, yeah. or put too much strain on it. So lightweight dumbbell RDLs, um, I'm sticking with right now, super high volume, like even rep range of 15 to 20. Um, and I'll just do supersets of all that. And then that's basically where my cardiovascular health comes from. Um, it's a, it's a fun way to do, you know, cardio. I think it's, it it's underutilized. It's underutilized by a lot of people. Cause everyone's like, Oh, to do cardio, you have to, you know, go on a Stairmaster for one hour or oh, whatever. It's, no. it's like kind of boring. Yeah. yeah. Like you might, if you're going to like do cardio, you might as well build some muscle with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, just just using circuit training. For sure. Um, and actually with the bike that reminded me of one of my favorite ways to like do sort of like aerobic training was just, you know, you go on the bike and you move your legs and then you just got like a couple grippers mm-hmm. in your, in your hands mm-hmm. and you just kind of like grip for like 10 minutes in a row. So you just build out like, while wow, you pile up. So, yeah. Yeah. Just add any, any way to add variation to something that's. Yeah. So you're on the bike straightforward. You're going nice, to, you know, nice and, you know, medium pace and you're just, mm-hmm. you know, holding it for a bit Mm -hmm. yeah and because in judo if your forearms like if you don't because you know almost all judo involves having to have a grip so if you're if you're like if you're weak if your you know hands are weak and your forearms are weak you're you're, like it doesn't really matter how strong you are but you can't hold on to the person Mm -hmm. like you aren't going to throw the person yeah that's the reason it makes sense it's it's logical you know you yeah it's logical like you, you can't hold them. on to the person you can't, you can't throw them yeah you can't move them you can't throw them you can't do anything it's useless especially in a fighting sport um yeah thankfully most of my i've actually never trained grip strength um 
Like it's never been, I've, I've done it like messing around in the gym, like with my friends or with my coach, just trying to like plate flips, shit like that, just to show off. But I've never taken the time to focus on training my grip, which I don't think it's a weakness um, because I have fairly strong forearms, especially from, you know, I, I've rarely ever trained with straps. Um, I've been either double overhand gripping barbells or hook gripping barbells since since my sophomore year of high school. But um, at the same time, I think now that might be something to start incorporating just because I'm going to need different variations of training and I'm going to be looking for different mm-hmm. things to do to mix things up. Um, but, uh, uh, and it could benefit me a lot on the football field. You know, the more I can, I'm mm-hmm. not supposed to hold as an offensive lineman, but not supposed to hold. You hold. Yeah, I mean, every, 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 every if it happens that you need to, you know, hold you on. Gotta, to you got to get, you, you're allowed to hold, but you got to hold inside, not outside. Just keep it inside yeah. between, between the chest on the chest plates. But no, um, stronger grip you have there less likely you're going to be able to get caught because the only way you get caught is if the defensive lineman opens up his chest and you get caught with your hands showing that you're grabbing Jersey. Yeah. But, uh, um, anyways, um, yeah. getting, getting a with, little... with grip and judo, because we're holding onto the geese, mm-hmm. um, you, I, I think you've seen, yeah. um, you know, that sort of like creates a different thing. Cause usually when you're grabbing a bar, it's, you know, the force is going, you know, norm, you know, how you'd expect it, yeah, it falls, it falls into bar, your, it falls into your fingers more than yeah, it is your with, your but with squeezing. judo when you're holding onto a gi a lot of the forces are actually going like sideways um oh, through your fingers i never, th- I never so, yeah. thought about that okay um so something that like a lot of grip is a little bit weird of judo and you see like most uh judo players will have really weird shaped fingers yeah because you know we get lots of micro fractures and their tendons get sort of beat up mm-hmm. so our fingers start to get like you know all misshaped mm-hmm. and see. you know so that's why, you know, I train with, um, that, you know, Bulgarian bag. Um, and now I have a judo gi attachment and so okay. I can get sort of like just, you know, reps in holding onto a gi and like swinging something. So my fingers get used to that sort of, you know, stimulus because, you know, that's one of the things, if you haven't done judo for a while and you go back, you're like, your fingers are just going to be in a yeah. lot of pain. <laughs> I bet. I bet. It's just something that like you just have to do and eventually your fingers just stop hurting. Mm. for the most part yeah but, you know like a lot of judoka like just tape their fingers and stuff um, um a lot of tape on their fingers just like to hold things together and yep. protect them a little bit you know when we're fighting and stuff because when you break someone's grip you twist their fingers and stuff and that can break hurt. it yeah break things uh, you know, twist things tear you, things you try, you try to you try to let go before it breaks <laughs> yeah i'd hope i'd hope i'd hope you would um you know there's not many people you know you know out there you know breaking their limbs and stuff for uh to win it's it's kind of hard to i mean i there there have been i there have been people who have won matches with like one hand Mm um i think i remember i mean yeah i remember one championships and like a bronze medal match you know the one guy had clearly like he had clearly broken his fingers or something yeah like he can use one of his hands and you know the, the fight kept going on and eventually like he just he just won like that's crazy he managed to that's get ridiculous. with 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 his good hand and he, you know came over with the other hand you know with the broken hand and you know didn't you know didn't take a grip but just sort of like you know rolled through and, you know got the you know got the throw in and 
Yeah, I mean, the other guy must have felt terrible. Oh, my God. You lose into a guy with one hand? That's like a... Because in... he was also taking it a little bit easy on the guy because he did, you know, he felt yeah, bad. He, but yeah, he only has one hand. He has a broken finger. Like, you don't want to... Like, he doesn't want to be the guy you like, no, beat no. on someone with no, one hand. No, ab- absolutely not. But then you also still have to win. If you don't win, then then you're really fucked. That's like uh, there's a, there was a school, a charter school um, down in Palm Beach County. I think it was Somerset. I don't, I don't know if this was a rumor. Somerset Canyons High School or charter school. I don't know if it was a rumor or if it was true or what, but I remember hearing that in football, they lost to uh, the Florida school for the deaf and blind. I don't know if they actually lost. I do know they actually played them. Um, I, I don't know how, how that works uh, like at, at all, but that's losing to a guy with one hand. I feel like in a fight is like losing to the school of deaf and blind. Like you, you gotta, you have to still win, but at the same time, you don't want to be an asshole. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough situation. And, you know, I mean, there, there's some there's some element of, you know, if you're injured and you can't give 100 percent, you know, you should probably forfeit just out of, you know, respect to the other person. But, mm-hmm. you know, when it's you know, when it's a medal match for the world championships, you, you got to You got to put it on the line. You're, you're yeah. going to you're going to keep fighting. Yeah. You know, who, for a world, a world championship medal, you're if. If I'm on, for example, like you were talking about earlier, 27 being the prime age for Olympics, I'll be 27 in 2028. So regarding weightlifting, LA. that's that's LA would is my goal, um, you know, and and I was going to have a touch of you know Team USA experience going into the summer and in the fall, but uh, pissed about that. But uh, it is what it is with my with my leg. But um, anyways, 2028 is still the goal, regardless, and. With that, um, if I'm on that platform in 2028 and I feel my shoulder go out to the point where, like, if, if I feel something go out, but I'm at the Olympics, like, that's the final stage for me, that, then I'm, I'm going to do what I can. You know, I'm going to give it all and just deal with the pain, uh, you know, considering I could still be able to complete a lift, but... You, you know what you I'm know, saying. Just, you just, just, throw some, just throw some rock tape on there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Pop pop a few, pop a whole bottle of ibuprofen. You might need a whole bottle for that, but who yeah, cares? Just, your, your, liver, your, liver, just, your liver will recover, you know? I mean, it might, but, you know, you know, gl- glory is forever. Okay, this. you feel, you'll, you'll be legendary. You go down. Your pain is, pain is temporary, I'm, you know? Exactly. Who cares if your body can't function? <laughs> No, but um, uh, I'm trying to think then, of anything else to address. But um, well, back onto training. Here we go. You know, okay. that's part part of the thing with training is for judo is that you know you have to balance a lot of things, and I probably yeah. am overcomplicating a lot of it <laughs> because you know you know especially because I'm not doing judo because part like part of the best conditioning for judo and like wrestling etc. is just doing it. Yeah, because that's when your condition. That's when my conditioning will feel the best. Is when I'm doing a lot of judo, because mm-hmm. then you know, it pretty much gets to a point where I don't feel like I get tired doing it. Yeah, but when you're like when you're not doing that, and you're trying to think of different ways to sort of you know replicate the stimulus of the yeah of you know of the sport, and you're like start going, you start really diving down and you know diving deep into the rabbit hole specificity, and you know you like looking at people like Joel Joel Seedman and you know now the <laughs> Aguilar. 
And, you know, Joel Seidman, you know, it's, it's some weird half, like it's, it's half-assed functionality in my opinion. The, the shoulder. Oh, That's all I can Lord. think about with, with Joel Seidman. Oh my God. Have you ever tried that? No. And, and it, it felt like I, I felt like I was about to rip my shoulders out. Can, don't get me wrong. You can probably get a, you probably get a pump because doing that, like the, the blood flow, I mean, even curls as stupid as you look. The blood's the blood's pumping in the blood's pumping in there, but I, I that's not gonna build muscle, and I'm don't get it me wrong. Like, it wasn't about building muscle. It was about you know building fast twitch muscle or something. Yeah, what whatever. You know what else builds fast twitch muscles? Moving weights fast. Exactly. And explosive. <laughs> like, why 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 would you not? Why you know like are you, when you're at home, you might as well do some plyometric training or something. I'll <laughs> just swing your arms about really fast. Agreed. Um, it might do something, but it's definitely not the most efficient and most effective. Like, uh, uh not to mention you just look fucking stupid. Uh, the, yeah. No disrespect to anybody who who might do that. I don't think there is. No, no, I did. I did. I just disrespect to them. <laughs> Oh my god! If you're doing that seriously, they're, they're, you know, they're I thought just, when I first saw those videos, when I first saw those videos, I genuinely thought like it might have been a parody. I I think everyone thought that too, and then he probably doubled down on it. it, it I mean, look what whatever you know that's that's his his style of training, and clearly people, he, he people buy it. He market he markets it he marks he markets he does, it whatever he markets it word. pretty he markets it pretty well he does you know and he's he's making a living off of it so uh, you know, he's training training NFL athletes um uh, you know God I mean? God bless him I just don't see uh, the science behind how ninety degrees is an optimal stopping but, point for athletes in their squats i mean that's the, you know that's the thing you know anytime someone thinks of you know thinks you know says 90 degree squat you immediately think of joel seedman yeah pretty pretty much you know it's it's, it's amazing marketing i'm gonna have to get in i i still have to play around with like video editing i'm gonna have to edit in like the clip of him just <laughs> flapping his arms and then, uh, you know and then so you know at one point i went down you know the functional patterns uh now the Aguilar rabbit hole yeah I don't, you know much about him? I do not. No, I've, I've heard the name, but, but the only thing that I really know about is Joel Seedman. Cause that's what comes up on my, on my Instagram, on my TikTok, on fucking everything. No, that, I mean, that guy's, uh, that, that guy's interesting. Cause, um, you know, a lot of his training is based on, you know, like is based on, you know, the gate, the gate pattern. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, based on walking and, so a lot of it's very rotational, you know, with kettlebells, with cables, uh, et cetera. But the thing is he trains um, uh, Kyle Dake. He, you know, he's going to, you know, he's probably one of the best, Amer- you know, American wrestlers of all time. Yeah. You know, he's the best, co- I'd say he's the best college wrestler of all time. I mean, no one's, you know, won four NCAA titles in four different weight classes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, and so he trains, you know, this guy. And so, you know, sort of like somehow adds legitimacy to his training. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's same thing with with Joel Seedman. You know, is it Joel, Joel, however the fuck it is. Joel Seedman, you know, he trains NFL athletes. He trains, he like it, it, it works, you know, and every, every training, and this is what I'll say too, where maybe some of that effectiveness for his method comes into play is yes those guys are seeing results 
because, Jesus. That's why, <laughs> I feel like do you have, you ever watch Breaking Bad? Yeah, I've watched a few episodes. There's an episode in it called uh, "The Fly," and it's basically mm-hmm. about a fly flying around a meth lab, and that's the <laughs> entire episode. And that's what I feel like right now. Um, but anyways, uh, those athletes, you know, every any sort of exercise is going to do something for people. Yeah, you know, and you're gonna and you might see some results with that. Um, especially if you're not used to working on a consistent routine or there's, there's so many factors that can be taken into consideration as to why those guys still see results. Um, but are they the most efficient and effective results? That's where I disagree. You know, they, those professional athletes, the quarterback who filled in for the Redskins and a playoff game trains with him. I forget what his name is, but um, uh, same thing, you know, he, if he, work with somebody else and maybe did something and started squatting below 90 degrees. Um, maybe, uh, I destroy like- you, destroy his knees. What are you talking about? No, no. the, the, <laughs> that depth is for injury prevention. Like it, it, I can't talk too much about the science of everything because I'm not certified on anything. I've yeah. barely, just barely dove i dipped my toes in the water of of research regarding uh, like strength and conditioning and the science behind everything um the only thing i know a lot about is just programming but uh i'm learning especially right now with all this time that i got on my hands i'm I'm reading yeah i'm I'm gonna spend some i'm gonna spend the summer as well doing um a lot more sort of research into it again yeah just because you know i want to get into online coaching and so on so i was like it's a huge market right now sometimes people don't people don't want to leave their house yeah, and then yeah. but then you know when I see people like Joel Seedman and so on, you know, and I'm like, do I really need to know anything? I, <laughs> hey, could, I could sort of BS my you, way through. Listen, if you have if you have confidence, you can get away with anything. And my my actually my high school wrestling coach, who I was pretty close with in high school, and I saw whenever I'm down that way, um, I always see him whenever I'm stopping by the high school or whatever to talk with my weightlifting coach. I always see him, but. He is the definition and he proved to me that you can get in anywhere and do anything. If you have enough confidence, this man walked in, we're at like a team, whole team football camp. Um, and he got stuck with the linemen. So the linemen are at the lineman part of the camp training with the O-line and D-line coaches and whatnot. And no coaches, no high school coaches or parents or anything are allowed to be on the field. Only college coaches are. And this man just grabbed a bucket hat and a clipboard and was picking the brain of the University of South Florida's head football coach while we're running through drills and stuff. And, and just that, that right there was the moment that I realized, like, if you have the confidence and the charisma to do things, then you'll be just fine in life and you can get through anything and you can get in anywhere and do anything. So Joel Seedman, very confident yeah, in his ways. I mean- confidence is in i think you know when it comes to sort of like training for sports confidence is like one of the most important things agreed for when it comes to actually winning yeah because i mean you know i mean you know a lot of you know strength and conditioning coaches and so on they're all very science-based but you know a certain element of it is you know you have to just go and win exactly you know and and if something's working that might be unorthodox or not very traditional um if it's working it's working you know, and what Joel Seedman does for his clients is effective. Again, it, it might not Convince, be. He convinces them, you know, convinces hey, them it, works. It, it might be, that might be it too. It might be a psychological thing. They're convinced 
that that they're uh that what they're doing is working and then that's what works you know who knows and maybe that's see, that might yeah. be somebody i should get on this podcast <laughs> Seedman. Yeah, that would be, that'd be, be an interesting, interesting one I'd, I'd be i'd be wanting to listen to that one but you know i mean you know people say the placebo effect you know um isn't very big but you know the, the, that's you know the, 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 the you know the margin you know for winning and losing is very small yeah especially in judo especially in judo because yeah. you know matches can be you know literally completely even other than like a one second mistake yep. from one person and that can be the difference between winning or losing mm-hmm. so sometimes when you go out there and you think like you know, so you sort of like know deep down that you're going to win. And it's almost like that's, an intrinsic that's thing. That's what carries you over that line. Yeah. You know, like you need to go in with that sort of belief that you're going to win. And then, you know, if you start, you know, pulling a string of losses together, that's going to start, you know, you know, eating in, you know, eating at you. It's going to like continue to, you're going to continue to lose. So you have to sort of like, you know, you kind of have to stop competing for a little bit and, you know, absolutely, you know, it's, build back up at the lower level competitions and start building up a string of wins. It's just like how uh, in in Olympic lifting, I guess powerlifting too would apply, or any strength sport really, um, minus bodybuilding, just because it doesn't really apply because it's a show sport. Um, yeah, it's it, a modeling contest. Exactly. Um, it's that um, I completely just had a brain fart. I I, I just zoned out. I mean, I mean, with Olympic lifting, I feel like, you oh have yeah, to you can, like, I was going to say, you can, reps. you can, you can train failures, everything. Yes. There might be something causing those failures and yes, it could be something technical, but you could do everything right and just not have the confidence to stand up with a clean. And then all of a sudden you're fucked. And then if that happens repetitively, not just one day, I'm talking, if this happens multiple training sessions throughout a week, maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks then you're going to fuck yourself and you're going to have to unload, go back to square one, maybe start a new training cycle. You might fuck yourself forever, you know, and you're just never going to have that confidence again. I know I was never able to catch a clean up until a, a proper clean. Anyways, it's like that confidence thing when you're scared to catch a clean with depth or a snatch with depth, you know, uh, it, it's, yeah, no. you just hit a you just hit a mental block. And, and yeah. if you can just get over that mental block and get the confidence that you need to do it, then you'll be successful. You know, I mean, with the, my cleans, I found out just like, if I do a lot of front squats, I feel like it sort of, it gives me that, you know, kind of confidence that I know I can stand up with cleans. Yeah. So it yeah. gives me the confidence to drop under. Yeah. But then, you know, sometimes there's just that element where you're like, it's flying. I trust me. I, I was scared to do it. And then I finally got it down. I started working with this, solid i want to say elite level coach and i didn't even know it at the time like i didn't even know who the hell he was i just stumbled into his gym and then i started talking to him and i found out he fucking coached matty rogers but uh he this man uh he fixed my clean form taught me how to snatch he basically he didn't teach me how to snatch my real coach did that and my coach today did that i've had that same coach all throughout but i was using this gym to train at and uh, one day my cleans looking really good and I'm on his program when I'm not working with my strength coach, who was my weightlifting coach at the time. And he's like, all right, we're going to do, we're going to work up to a heavy single, a heavy clean single. You're looking, you're looking good. You're moving well. And I'm like, awesome. I, at this point I had never done a clean more than, uh, 120, 120 kilograms. 
my this is my junior year of high school um and then i hit 120 great go to 125 hit it go to 130 hit it then when i go to 135 everything was great but i didn't get my elbow through quick enough my elbow my right elbow slammed on my knee and the bar crashed down here on my hand yeah and i fractured my hand and there's still like a lump there if you can tell because I never, yeah, never got that shit checked out. And it happened again two, a few years later. But it took me like a solid few months or a solid month or two to just get the confidence to do a full clean again. And that's just where that's just the impact that that your mentality can have um, on your success in any sport early. No, I. No, I get that because it's something that happens in judo as well. Because especially when I'm competing, you know, I jump pretty much straight into the senior circuit. Yeah. And after you know, after university, and I, you know, I had done senior competitions before, but I never did well at anything that was, you know, for Olympic ranking points. And so I started jumping into this, and then, you know, it was like almost I had to get over a mental block to just win the first match. Yeah. Because yeah. I kept, you know, I'd like at so many times I'd gone to a Grand Prix and I'd lost my first match. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, maybe, you know, I'd had close matches before, like when I was 17, like I threw, uh, you know, I had a match with a former world champion, you know, I was 17, he was like 32, you know, I threw <laughs> him, you know, I threw him for a score. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> and then, and then his things like started getting tired, tired and tired and, you know, eventually he beat me and I sort of like, you know, it seeps into you where you're like, you know, you feel like, yeah, like I know I can like go close, you know, go, go toe to toe with these people, but like. You know, there's sort of that feeling that's sort of like holding you back from, you know, kind of going up, you know, going yeah. over that sort of like step of, you know, not just going toe to toe anymore, but actually winning. Mm-hmm. And that's something that like I need to be able to like push myself, you know, over the next few years is to like push myself past that, you know, uh, point where, you know, I'm no longer just sort of like contender. I'm no longer, you know, like, oh, you know, that guy got, you know, has some talent. That guy can. You know, yeah. he, you know, at least, you know, he can win some matches against, you know, people who are, you know, ranked around him, but, you know, yeah. you know, to actually beat people who are, you know, in the top 20, that's sort of my goal. My first goal really, you know, going back into competing is to beat people in the top 20. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once I can start beating people in the top 20, then I can sort of, you know, think more about, you know, actually placing and getting medals. Cause if you can, because of the way the judo knockout draw works is, so it's a knockout draw. And you need to get to the quarterfinal to get into the top eight. Okay, that's that's where the the um, relegation, the um, the fight, the fight backs. Yeah. You need to get to the quarterfinal. But in order to get to the quarterfinal, you have to you have to fight one of the top eight seeds. Okay, okay. And so usually, at most of the major competitions, the top eight seeds are always going to be ranked top thirty. Yeah. So you quite literally, you usually have to beat one of them to get into the top eight. Mm-hmm. So that's where like that, that's the sort of things like I need to beat these, these good people first, because you know once I do that, then you know the other thing happens. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Or maybe I should think about it the other way around. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I just need to get to the top eight, and I don't think about yeah. don't think about the person I'm fighting against. Yeah, it, it's you know every every sport is is mainly a mental game you know because if you don't have the confidence to do something then you're just not gonna yeah. not gonna and do it's it it's one of those things where it's one of those things where i'm trying to figure it out but you know because i don't have a coach really yeah um, i haven't had a coach since i was about 15 or something yeah 
15, 16, I've have, I've been self like pretty much self coached. So, you know, when you're competing against people who have you know full national teams, yeah, you know, you find someone who has a head coach, you know, a personal coach, uh, you know, a strength and conditioning coach, a physio, uh, yeah, you know, a psychologist, you have all these so resources like, at hand, yeah. And you're like, well, I got me, and now my home gym. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think I can do. I think I can walk walk up against this Russian. I think. <laughs> You know, you don't have any coach being like, so this is how you should really, you know, think about it. I'm like, well, you know, I should test it this way, test it that way. And, you know, if I try on error, eventually I'll figure it out. And, you know, yeah, you know, down the line, I'll be a really good coach because I have to do a lot of trial and error. <laughs> Absolutely. I have to do a lot of trial and error here. That's what they say. The the best coaches are the athletes who failed or didn't the make ones, it. You know, the ones that had to struggle the most. The ones, the ones that struggled the most or the ones that didn't make it are always the best coaches because they know they know what fucked them, you know? Um, uh, I guess on, on that note, um, I guess we could wrap it up. I don't know anything else to really address. If you got anything else you want to talk about, um, um, feel free. I know it's getting late on your end. It's what, like 11 o'clock there. Uh, oh yeah, it is 11 o'clock. Um, <laughs> it's not like I got, well, I should actually probably start going to sleep earlier. I mean, the world championships, you, you um, got a week the competition, competition so. starts nine or 10 a.m. You usually want to be awake by, by then. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be, you, don't, you, could, you know, because if you lose it, like I said, if you lose your first match, you're out. That's it. You're, you're, you know, you don't, you, you know, it's Make not sure like college wrestling or, yeah. or high school wrestling where you can, you know, where you can O and two barbecue. Yeah. You know, it's 0 and 1 and you're, you're done. It's, it's, much, more, done. it's much more depressing. Yeah. I, I bet. I bet. It's 0 and 2 is like, well, you know, you really, you know, like you, you kind of really screwed up, but like, you know, you got two matches out of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, but you didn't fly to, you know, you didn't fly to a different country to go 0 and 1 and, you yeah. know, because you were too tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, right. um, I enjoyed the podcast. Um, yeah, thank you was, for having me on. It was great having you on. I appreciate you hopping on. Uh, you got anything you want to say? Any handles or anything like that? I know you're um, pretty sure you're on YouTube. I know you're on TikTok. Yeah, um, I'm on YouTube, uh, John Jane, J-O-H-N-J-Y-N-E. I got Instagram, Captain Jane Trains. That's the training Instagram. I got Captain Jane 97. That's uh, that's my person, you know, that's my main Instagram, which I haven't mm-hmm. posted on for a while because there's been nothing to post. Um, then I got my TikTok, Captain Jane. Yeah. Um, um, things to look out in the future. Uh, my competitions, uh, for most competitions, if you go onto ipon.org, um, or you can just go onto the IJF website and you can see the calendar of things. And yep. ipon.org is where you see the draws and you can live stream pretty much any major judo competition are always free to live stream for the most part. Okay. Um, which is pretty cool compared yeah. to other sports. Absolutely. Um, so you can sort of like Google my name. You can see what's up. Yeah. And, you know, things to look out for the more competitions, more, more training. Absolutely. Awesome. I'll, I'll probably start, I'll probably start vlogging my travel trips and some, you know, my training trips and so on that I think that'll be some yeah. pretty cool I, content. Yeah. I, I got to get used to the whole recording outside, out, outside mm-hmm. of like a podcast. Like I set up my camera and I've had this, I, I just got a GoPro because I know if I want to record like lifting things, um, or anything where I'm out active, I live on the beach. So if I want to record anything out there, I don't want to put $400 into a camera and then have it get like destroyed, but cause I'm doing, I've been stupid. filming, I've been filming everything on an iPhone that even, even, even better are... lucky. See, I have an iPhone seven. 
Oh, that's that's, that's my limitation there. But um, the GoPro was a good investment. But the camera quality, when I see it on my phone pre pre um, uploading it to my computer, actually looks rough. But then once it's on my computer, it's much much better, much more clear. Um, and just because it's it's like a low resolution because it's like yeah. I can see oh. the previews like on my phone. But anyways, what I was saying, yeah, was, I'll probably I'll probably vlog my world championships. So, you yeah, know, that'd be that'd be uh, sick. At least some at least some of the stuff I'll yeah, vlog. So you know, there'll be some interesting YouTube content maybe, for people to check. Maybe out. if maybe if I'm vlogging, if I want to vlog something, I should just use my phone. Just because I feel there's something limiting about like just talking into a camera versus my phone. It's 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 weird. I, I don't know what it is. Like I was sitting there bed rest, bedridden after my surgery and I was trying to record stuff and I just like. I'd be like, I feel ridiculous right now. It, it's it. It feels ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I mean, you you gotta you, you, you gotta, gotta you gotta, gotta be, conquer that. You gotta you gotta accept that you're a clown. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Very true. Yeah. Very very true. But uh, on that note, um, we'll wrap this up here. Um, I appreciate you hopping on, John. It's it's a pleasure. Thank you. And Will. Um, thank you so much. Thank you.